This is the Fedora Chronicles radio show number 54, our Common Core Expose Special. Hey folks, Eric Render-King-Fisk here with a special show on Common Core, but first an introduction and an explanation. I recorded the audio for the show about a month ago. The interviews in this show was recorded on November 10th. And by the time that I'm done with this, um, this podcast will be up since uh, December 2nd or 3rd. I wanted to wait a while for a very important reason before I posted this on the internet. I put out several calls for proponents of Common Core to come on and give their side of the story and give positive views on Common Core and why it's supposed to be such a great thing. And then I waited. I invited one of my son's teachers to come to the Fedora Chronicles HQ, or I would even bring my equipment to her to record her thoughts on Common Core. She wouldn't do it. Even after I told her, no holds barred, everything that you say uh, will not be edited, and it will just be put into the podcast just as is, and I will not censor a thing. I'll even give you a preemptive listen to the final edit, just so that you'll know that what's going up is a quality product. Wouldn't do it. I put a call out to local educators, school officials, anyone with an email address I could get my hands on. Nothing. No question like, what kind of show are you going to do? What's your angle? Sorry, not interested. Nothing. The instant I asked any educator or anybody who actually works in education, do you want to come on the podcast and talk about the positive aspects of Common Core? The conversation ends. So I asked a friend of mine who used to work in education but recently retired about this phenomenon, and he said that all the people that he knows who has anything to say about this topic is scared. They are so worried about anything that they say being misconstrued as criticism and what that might do to their careers. Even if they are pro-Common Core, they do not want someone to mistake them for being dissenters. So what's going on here? Why the fear? Why the paranoia? And who or what is behind all this? So I'm presenting you with this podcast. Granted, I know it's a bit one-sided. I know that it is biased against Common Core, and I fully admit that, and I take full responsibility for that. But that's not for a lack of trying, for the reasons I just explained. My first interview is with Dr. Duke Pesta, the Academic Director for the Freedom Project Education. He has made numerous speaking engagements all across the country and all over the radio, warning parents, teachers, and government officials about the dangers of Common Core. Dr. Pasta is an engaging and animated speaker whose experience as an educational reformer, university professor, high school teacher, and the administrator of an online homeschool curriculum uniquely qualify him to address the current state of education in our country. Dr. Pesta has delivered over 400 talks on Common Core in 40 states. He has been interviewed on radio and television, and now a podcast, over 150 times, including places as diverse as the United Kingdom, China, and Mexico. My second interview is with Anne-Marie Banfield, who began working as Cornerstone's Educational Liaison in 2009. As an educational activist, she took her decade-long research on education to Concord. Working with experts in education from across the country, she offers valuable insight into problems and successes in education. She holds a BA in business management from Franklin University in Columbus, Ohio. Anne Marie and her husband have three children and resides in Bedford, New Hampshire. That is uh, from her own bio page. So anyway, um, so there's my there's my introduction. There's my.
Hi, I'm Dr. Duke Pesta. I'm a university professor at the University of Wisconsin, and I'm an educational reformer fighting Common Core. Um, what is it about Common Core that we should be concerned about? It's a, a huge, huge complex problem. Uh, it doesn't really lend itself well to sound bites. In fact, the pro-Common Core side is always throwing sound bites at you that aren't true. Yeah. It was state-led. It was benchmark. None of those things are true. I, I try to break it down this way. There are two primary problems with Common Core. Number one, it cedes way too much power and control to the federal government. Power that they have no constitutional or legal right to, uh, to have, to possess. And as we know, once the federal government gets this kind of power over any aspect of American life, they use that power to import their worldview, their ideology, uh, to use it to transform people and change uh, people in the way they, their outlooks and the way they go about their business, limit their freedoms. Right. So Common Core does both of those things. For our kids, it cedes too much power to the feds over education, and they're using that power then to indoctrinate and mm -hmm. to use that power to transform the will of children and to uh, condition the will of kids to become good little members of the state, not necessarily members of a family or a community or a state. Of a, a local school district. Uh, I've noticed that as yeah. well as a parent with two kids who are in public school and they come home with some, um, it's sort of innocuous, it's almost under the radar, but you're talking about um, federal standards, federal mandates, but here we are, we're in the state capital of New Hampshire, the live free or die state, um, which brings me to the question that a lot of people, everybody that I've asked, hey, if you want to talk to somebody about Common Core, what would you have to say? The, the, the first thing I always say is, where did it come from? I mean, is it did it come down from like in stone tablets with Moses or something, or did it something that the Illuminati cooked up? I mean, wh where did it actually come from? The actually, and, and you're, it's important for the audience to recognize that Common Core is a symptom of a much longer, broader problem. For the last hundred years, in general, the last fifty years since the creation of the Department of Education in the late 1970s, in particular, um, we've been moving towards this model. Um, we have been, and it's not been for educational purposes. We've had 50 years now of standardized tests, huge standardized tests, and they have not improved our kids, they have not improved our classrooms, they have not improved our kids' competitiveness or their college readiness, but we keep doing it. Mm -hmm. Because what those exams give is uh, data gathering and uh, ultimately control over m mechanisms like pedagogy, textbooks, that sort of stuff. Uh, but ultimately, Common Core is the result of the federal government working in conjunction with a very small collection of crony capitalists, people like Bill Gates, okay. to off the grid create the standards without any elective representation. Uh, they appointed, Bill Gates paid basically two Washington lobbyist groups to have a committee, the Common Core Committee, that was head by, headed by David Coleman, an activist who has no educational background. David Coleman is considered to be the architect of Common Core. They did their work behind closed doors, but with tremendous input from Arne Duncan and the federal government. David Coleman was, uh, he came to the attention of the Obama administration uh, by, his use of, by the use of data in the 2008 presidential campaign. And so they, they basically commissioned this off the grid. And as we know, the standards were put together behind closed doors. And it was the federal government who put them into the schools through the federal Race to the Top program. Basically what it was, it was a huge giveaway of taxpayer dollars to State Department of Education. Yeah. And the condition of taking that money, and 46 states did, the condition of taking Race to the Top money was that you had to accept the Common Core standards when they were finally written. So most of the states that took Common Core didn't take it because they understood what it was or that they wanted it. They wanted the money, and the condition of taking that money was when the Common Core standards were finally rolled out, the states had to take them. And the other hook that they, the other, the other uh, uh, the bait that they baited their hook with is every state that took Race to the Top money and therefore had to take Common Core also got a waiver from No Child Left Behind. 
which was the previous iteration of overreaching right. federal standards. Now, this this sounds like a conspiracy theory because you're talking about the federal government uh, backdoor dealing and planning. We're talking about education and no teachers were involved. Um, there's a lot of people who are going to be listening to this podcast and they're going to be like sort of like rolling their eyes and they're going to be wondering, well, how do we know that this is the, all this happened and this is like sort of like like a backdoor deal? What, what evidence do we have? What's the history? Well, I, I would start with race to the Federal Race to the Top program. They're very specific about what they wanted to do. The Federal Race to the Top program is undeniably true. It's undeniably taken billions from taxpayer mm-hmm. uh, donations, to taxpayer compulsory donations, and redistributed them to education departments. Why did they do that? And what did they give the states who took it? That's all written in black and white. There's right. nothing conspiratorial about that. Um, what's conspiratorial, the only aspect of this is it's conspiratorial, is people will ask the question, if the feds wanted to federalize education, why didn't they do it like they federalized healthcare? Why didn't they just go the same route? And there are two answers. One, because they saw how much pushback they got for the federalization. And of we were the, part of right, that pushback. Exactly. We were part of the pushback. Exactly. Remember Nancy Pelosi's statement that um, you want to p- know what's in it, pass it. Pass it if you want to know what's in it. And just to tag on to that, we actually did an entire series where all of our staff members and the members of our online community, we said, um, go find your congressman, go find your senator, and ask them questions. And uh, more than ha- a dozen people came back and they said, that when you when you nail them down, they didn't even bother right. to read it. That's right. Um, Paul Hodes was a former congressman. I cornered him at a fundraiser, and I asked him some pointed questions. And I said, "Is there something? Is there like death panels? Is what about the whole? If you can, if you if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. That doesn't seem to be true." And it's like, and he said, "Well, no. I mean, the thing is, I've I've read the bill, and none of that is in there. And of course, I mean, as a sneaky little guy, I reached in my pocket and grabbed <laughs> out the actual." printed out the bill. So from my perspective is that they came up with this idea. They know that nobody was going to like it. So the only way that they could federalize education, public education, is through this backdoor sneaky peek. Yeah, you deal. remember the, 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 that famous quote from John Gruber, the architect of, of Obamacare, a couple yeah. about a year ago now, where he came out and said that uh, uh, basically the lack of transparency was a huge benefit. If we had told people what we were doing, they wouldn't have voted for it. And But say what you will about the national health care law. It was a model of transparency compared to Common Core. Exactly. It was voted on in the House, the, the Senate. You had Supreme Court judgments against it. You had people talking about it on CNN. Right? None of that was ever done with Common Core. And this is, this is the one aspect that may be seeming a little conspiratorial. The feds, legal, because of the 10th Amendment to the Constitution, mm-hmm. the federal government is prohibited from meddling in state education decisions, number one. And number right. two, three different statutes, federal statutes, dating from 1965, prohibit the federal government from creating national standards or a national curriculum. So the reason they didn't do it like they did national health care, because one, it was unpopular and they knew it, and they learned something from how they tried to get Obamacare passed. But number two, legally, unlike with, with the health care law, legally they had no precedent for being able to do this. So what they did is they allowed some crony capitalist guys and some uh, no, but non-entities that had never been elected to political office, people like David Coleman, they basically allowed these people to go ahead and do it off the grid, under the radar, and then, like we said, to the specifications of the federal government. Then the federal government is the, is the entity, the only entity that had the authority to really put it in the state schools, and they did that through the race to the top bribe. So this sort of gets back to um, one of the questions that a lot of people had. It, so we had no child left behind. 
what was wrong with that, and how, why did we go from No Child Left Behind to Common well, Core? Well, No Child Left Behind was a tremendous disaster. In fact, I, I like to refer to Common Core as No Child Left Behind on steroids. President Bush gave us No Child Left Behind in 2002, 2003. But people don't remember, George, George Bush didn't write No Child Left Behind, nor did his people. He turned over the writing of the, the No Child Left Behind legislation, he turned it over to Teddy Kennedy the right. most liberal men, member of the Senate. Right. And, so, and, and so this idea that Bush was some kind of right-wing radical, he's allowing the most liberal Democrat to write the education. E exactly. And so No Child Left Behind was a disaster for all the reasons Common Core is. It was one-dimensional, it was centralized education, it was yeah. one-size-fits-all outcome-based education, and it was high-stakes testing, and it was terribly federalized. And teachers and principals and superintendents all hated it for all those reasons. So when that... When the Common Core people, when President Obama took office and they wanted to do it even further, they, they knew everybody hated No Child, which is why they gave the waiver to No Child Left Behind to states that took Common Core. But all they did was they made it bigger, more one-size-fits-all, more federal, and more high-stakes testing. So as we've seen for 100 years in Washington, D.C., whenever federal bureaucracies take over something and can't make them work, <laughs> they never go back. No. They never turn it back to the states. No. They just make it more expensive, bigger, more complicated. And so Common Core really is the worst aspects of No Child Left Behind, only much more centralized. Well, I think that the problem that a lot of us have is that it's centralized power. That's what everybody, and it's like, I don't care who you are, whatever side of the um, political spectrum you are, whereas is you have these people, they're, they're not elected, they're yeah. appointed not elected but chosen and they come in and they come up with all these sort of like dra draconian um, uh, laws and rules and stuff like that and it's like but there's no accountability yeah How I think can about John Gruber with healthcare who is this guy exactly. he's never been elected to anything we have no ability to be able to, to, to unelect him if we don't like what he's doing we have no control over them there's no electoral yeah. balance there and it's the same thing with the people who did Common Core I ask this question all the time yeah. other than the fact that he has a billion dollars in the bank what qualifies Bill Gates to be involved in education at this level. Bill Gates is transforming our schools and he has no educational background whatsoever. Yeah, but he's a really wicked smart guy, I mean. Well, and he's also rich. But let me ask you this, and you know the answer. What if it was the evil Koch brothers, billions of dollars, instead of Bill Gates? What if it was the Koch brothers who was doing this? Do you think it would, it would be front page news on every newspaper? Oh, absolutely. Rogue billionaire buys public, or if Trump was doing this. Right. Rogue billionaire buys public education, but with, with Bill Gates, because he serves the progressive agenda, no one asks those questions. Okay, now you've touched upon something that I'm dying to ask for everybody else. What is the progressive agenda and why should we be so concerned about it? Well, I think with regards to Common Core, it's pretty obvious. And I think uh, what they're doing for Common Core is illustrative in other areas of life, too. There are two things. People like Bill Gates. He's not an educator, and I don't really think he understands or cares about education. Right. He's a technocrat. Mm -hmm. He is a firm believer in the power of technology to transform and change the way people think. Yes. And so that's why he's doing it. And people say, oh, so we know, and we know what some of these private companies, or people, companies like Pearson Publishing, they're getting rich by serving the government, by providing the textbooks that go in all the schools. So people like Gates and, and um, uh, Pearson Publishing, they're enriching themselves. Gates, on the one hand, is giving all these billions of dollars to support Common Core, but all the technology used to implement a lot of the Common Core is, is Microsoft. So he's, get, he's getting tax breaks on both ends. Companies like Pearson are getting huge contracts from the federal government to produce this stuff. But now the government, what does the government get? They get control. Yeah. Uh, and quite frankly, a dumbed-down electorate, a generations of kids graduating from high school and then college, 
increasingly ignorant, increasingly unable to manage and exactly. create their own wealth. Exactly. These are kids who are going to turn their freedoms over to the government yeah. for security. I had a, re a relative who was a teacher, um, and she just had to walk away from mm. it because of all the crazy nonsense. Yep. That, that doesn't even, it, it pales in comparison to what we're dealing with now. Yep. She had all the books that she had when she was in high school and college. And we would look at the books that she had to read when she was in high school. And we, but we barely even touched, like, maybe even a third of what she read. Going back and looking at my niece and nephews and what, what they're reading in high school. Like, we ha I mean, we did an entire semester on uh, 1984, which led into a big, huge segment on uh, the rise and fall of the Nazi Party, World War II, the Depression, and all like that. They didn't even bother to do that. So the thing is, is that we're paying more and more and more, but we're getting it's progressively worse. Yeah, and again, I think it helps if you remember that Common Core was ultimately not designed to make your kids better readers, mathematicians, scientists. The very title of Common Core tells you what it is. It levels kids off. It's very socialist. It's the it's social justice. It's the yeah. idea that that because we can't give every kid exactly the same education and because some kids are innately smarter than others in certain right. subjects, we have to fix that problem. Rather than let people be individuals, we have to treat kids as the collective. And yeah. so we're going to ruin individual education for kids. We're not going to let kids, we're getting rid of more gifted and talented programs, honors colleges. We're getting rid of the ability of kids who are good in certain areas to jump ahead, which they should be able to do, in the name of the social justice argument, which says we want kids graduating from every grade knowing exactly the same thing. And if you're going to get 60 million American school kids to exactly the same place, by definition, that has to be a lower or it a really, common it does. place, it right? Does. So, in other words, social justice trumps excellence and achievement. And look at our our federal government. Why should that surprise you? That's the Obamacare is not going to increase or improve everybody's health care. It's going to lower the level of of good health care for everybody, and that, right. in their mind, is social justice. It's like we're sacrificing our health care. Um, we had the we greatest had, in the world. We had the greatest healthcare in the world. Right. We had a great health program. Right. My wife was almost killed in a car accident, and because of the healthcare program that we had, the insurance that we had, there was no charge whatsoever. Right. She was hit. She was hit by a, a, a speeding driver who was texting at the same time. And then to keep the same program, we'd have to spend five hundred dollars a month yeah. just to maintain that. What is that? Who is that for? Well, and it was just like, are we just contributing to this giant pool? That is yeah, just, I think that's yeah. exactly right. And, you know, somebody once made the observation that socialism is shared misery. Ex yeah, Margaret Thatcher. Right, Thatcher. And that's the point, is that, that in the name of justice, we can't allow the system. We, and, and capitalism, by definition, is you're free to choose to win or to lose. That, that yeah. people can rise and fall. Rich, people born rich end up bankrupt. People with nothing can climb to the top. It's why people from all the socialist countries want to come here. And so now what we're doing is socializing our healthcare, socializing our educational system. Uh, in other words, we, we haven't learned the lessons from the world's past. People right. want to come here, not for socialism. It's what they're running away from. And yet that's what we're doing it's to our whole, kids. It, but here's the th it's the whole notion of we're, we're trying these programs that have already been proven yeah. not to work anywhere else. Is there any benefit at all to Common Core, or is you know, it something that complicated, like Obamacare? Yeah. Something as complicated as that, it has to do something better. There has to be something in it that's better than what we had before. And I would argue the same thing has to be true of Common Core. There have to be small pockets or particular things that Common Core might be slightly better at. But is this worth the overall lowering of educational standards? Is this worth the overall one-size-fits-alling of our children? No, of course it's not.
I mean, you could make the argument, too, of socialism. I'm sure that in the vast history of socialism, there have been some things, relatively trivial things, that socialist governments are able to do better than free-wielding capitalist systems. I have no doubt about that. But on the aggregate, that's a small number of things compared to the benefits yeah. of liber liberty and freedom. And you know what? A society that has a little risk to it is a society that is much, much more genuinely free than one where all the risks have been mediated out. Mm -hmm. because. If you're getting rid of risks, which is what socialism says it's going to do, get rid of risks for people, you're also eliminating rewards, yeah. right? Yeah. And what you're doing is you are completely stultifying the economy, attitudes, ambition, all those things. Now, uh, they die off. Innovation dies off, which is why so many of the socialist countries always sink down the, economics, uh, the economic exactly. scale and educational exactly. scale. So let's just jump gears for a second. What brought us to Concord today? Why are we here in this lobby? Well, I've been... I've been uh, uh, I've given over 400 talks in 41 states. We just basically go wherever we're invited to, uh, try to spread the word. Interesting today that the New Hampshire, uh, some New Hampshire le legislatures have invited Mark Tucker, uh, a non-education, he has no education background, invited Mark, invited Mark Tucker, a famous uh, activist now for things like Common Core and, and, and nationalized testing. They've invited him here out of session to give a, an address to talk about some educational issues, which is interesting because, as I said before, he is clearly an educational technocrat. He's an elitist. He has no formal educational training himself in his background. Yeah. And he's being uh, uh, brought here to speak to, admin to, to, to legislatures out of session, and we can't get them to bring anybody who opposes Common Core. The only people who really get to address this august body are people who already tow the big state and big federal party line. So we're here today. It just so happened, I didn't plan to come to New, uh, New Hampshire to, to counteract Mr. Tucker. We happened to be we planned to be here anyway, so right. we figured while we're here, we'll do a little press conference and, and see if we can at least provide an alternative, not that the legislators will listen, but that we can provide an alternative voice uh, of common sense. Your point earlier, we've done this, we've been down this road, it's right. been a disaster, and making it bigger and more international isn't going to fix anything. But if you're a legislature, why would you want to get on board with a program that will take power away from you as a legislature, a legislator here in New Hampshire and pawn it off to somebody in Washington, D.C. What's the point in even having you? I would that? make the same argument. Why would you want to strip New Hampshire from its ability to oversee health care in New Hampshire and pawn it off to a federal government? There's two answers. One is pop money and one is control. The federal government greased the skids of Common Core with a lot of money coming to the states. There's a lot of money and support, a lot of Bill Gates private money coming to local institutions that take Common Core. Mm -hmm. So money was a big factor. Number two, uh, control. I think that uh, state level, uh, particularly state level Republicans who are no better than their Democrat counterparts on this, yeah. state level Republicans who you would think would be the ones trying to secure local control, yeah. they just want it out of their hands. Uh, I am stunned at, at the inability of Republicans, the unwillingness of Republicans. Republicans and legislatures to tackle education. They have completely ceded it to the left. And of course, you know what you get. You get an educational system, you get school boards, you right. get schools, school administrators that are completely corrupt yeah. ideologues. And are for some reason, uh, people on the right, they, they, they think that education belongs to the liberals, let them have it. And that, of course, is why we're losing the country. Yeah. Uh, because as generation of generation of kids circles through the liberal schools, uh, they're mm -hmm. completely inimical to the values that Republicans say they stand for, but yeah. don't actually practice much exactly. anymore. Exactly. Um, what, when you say the phrase, we're losing the country, what do you, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, education, one, uh, I think it was Trotsky, the famous uh, uh, Bolshevik, who once said, you can gi I'll give you, I'll give you the Congresses, the assemblies, the legislatures. You can have them. You can, all your people can run them, but you give me the schools. 
mm-hmm. right? You give me the elementary, the middle, and the high schools, he said. And in 20 years, I will grow up a generation that will completely reject everything you stand for. For 50 years now, plus, actually, we've been giving kids a, a shockingly politicized education. Common Core makes this worse. Yes. We are giving them an, a, a false view of American history, a false view of capitalism, a false view of liberty. So we shouldn't be surprised that younger generations now are growing up completely unaware of, of what this country was and how it was made. And so we're losing this because education is skewing the debate. Education is providing one-sided answers to all the questions. And our kids, you, you, you've seen the man on the street interviews yeah. with Jimmy Kimmel, right, where they, they jam microphones under college kids noses at places like Harvard and Berkeley and Stanford yep. and ask them to name a senator or ask them to name the separation of powers or ask them <laughs> and they can't do it right yep. so it, it, we're losing the country not because of a war and Abraham Lincoln maybe I should close with that Abraham Lincoln made that point if America falls one day it will not be because we are conquered from without it will be because we are we have eroded the values of Americanism okay. from within all right one last thing what can we do as parents and educators to counter this I have come to believe that the only meaningful way to fight this right now is to pull your kids out of public schools. Because even if you get rid of Common Core tomorrow, which we have to try to do, the fact remains, and it's a sad fact, but the fact remains is that the textbooks are going to say, the testing regimes are going to stay the same, the attitudes of the teachers and the school structures are going to remain the same. There's no safe place in public schools anymore. So try to find a a non-Common Core private school or try to figure out a way to homeschool your kids. Or if you're going to leave them in the public schools, Find a way to tutor them on the side. Show them how to really do math. Yep. And show them, give them a, an accurate view of American history. Keep fighting the public schools, yeah. but f- take care of your kids first. My <laughs> wife and I love you, but I, di- I tell you, our kids are going to hate you for what you just said. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you for coming. My and pleasure. Thank you for coming to New Hampshire. And I look forward to talking to you thank again Thank you soon. very much. Thank Appreciate you. it. And now here is my interview with Anne-Marie Banfield. I'm with Cornerstone Policy Research in New Hampshire. We are a family policy advocacy group. I am the education liaison for Cornerstone. I volunteer, and what I do is I kind of go around the state and educate people on uh, problems in education, what works, things like that. I focus on parental rights, literacy, and uh, academic excellence. And so since that's my focus, a lot of times if I come and testify before the legislators, uh, a lot of times I you know, don't even testify on several bills if, if it's not that focus. Um, however, if there's a bill, let's say, that uh, focuses on parental rights, I want to make sure that I'm here to at least give, um, you know, our, our perspective on that. And what brought us here today, um, besides we were talking about Common Core? Right. Well, today, uh, you know, we had gotten word that Mark Tucker was coming to New Hampshire to speak about uh, international uh, education, uh, how other countries are performing and why their students perform so well uh, compared to the United States. And since he is one of the chief designers of this redesign in public education going on in the United States, uh, I wanted to make sure that uh, people understood that, first of all, he was here, uh, what he advocates for, and, and a lot of times uh, you can just go read directly from him. For instance, he advocates for eliminating lo- local control, and we are uh, we pride ourselves on local control oh, in, New in New Hampshire. Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. Free and die. yeah, but he, he kind of works against that, and uh, interestingly enough, he didn't really address that upstairs but uh, so and then you know when he was coming uh, I had found out that Dr. Duke Pesto was going to be close he's going to be down in Massachusetts tonight and uh, Hal Shirtliff reached out to me to yep. see if um, if he could be part of the panel discussion upstairs 
And so immediately, you know, I, I, I asked one of the legislators and we were told that no, he could not join the panel. I mean, which is really unfortunate because when you don't have that kind of critical analysis of what Mark Tucker promotes, uh, you, you, you know, you can sit there and you can get one side of an issue and not really understand the problems or the critical analysis of what he's promoting or selling, whatever you want to call it. That's a great segue for one of the questions that is just burning in everybody's mind. Why would anybody, like the state of New Hampshire, perfect example because we're here, why would they surrender state control to an organization that is so wrought with controversy. <laughs> and, it, and it's like when you talk about like the people who are behind the Common Core, I mean, it almost sounds like a conspiracy theory or like Bond villains, like Spectre hiding behind, yeah. you know, smoke-filled room doors and stuff like that. What's, what's their story? What? I think that, you know, as somebody who testifies in front of the legislators often, I, what I've come to find out, uh, because I do this so much, is there is almost this distrust amongst parents and teachers now. And so there's this there's this idea that we just can't get it done at the local level. We just don't, we just are not equipped, we're not smart enough. We can't we can't figure out what what these elitists have been able to figure out. And so therefore they have to come in and they have to fix the problems. But yeah. if, you know, I've been researching education for over a decade, but I can tell you that it's a lot of the problems we are seeing in our public schools are a direct result from these people who've been trying to reform education for so many years and they've taken that power away from the local communities. They've shifted it upwards to the state and federal level. And so the problems that we now see today are a direct result of that centralized kind of control that they've taken and they've you know this these top-down approaches to reform and yet they don't want to admit that they are the ones who helped create the problem yeah. that they now are supposedly going to come in and fix so why would we pay these people I mean and that's what you know Tucker was up there talking about you know that he is now going to start consulting uh, with these states on on how to with their task force to move the states forward. Well, this is what we've been doing for the last five years. If it's so bad, then maybe this isn't the way forward. Well, but my, my sons are going to a great public school in southern New Hampshire. And the, the teachers in the administration have done everything that they possibly could to help my sons out. And my sons, they're, they're blessed for ha having, well, first of all, a great gene pool from their mom and being at the location where and it's sort of like whenever I talk to any of the teachers about this um, my questions twofold why would we want to break something that's not that's already fixed and again it gets back to why are we surrendering control to this cabal yeah that yeah with, with the exception of Bill Gates who's not an educator What's what's the point? What's their end game? Well, I think that people are a lot of times power hungry. You know, you, the, the shift is is moving upwards. Uh, there's a lot of people to make a lot of money off of this. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, you know, uh, uh, the the Tucker. Institute that he, he is the CEO of and CEE, uh, they are selling a product, 
And so there's money to be made off of this. If, you know, it, going upstairs and listening to him, it was all doom and gloom. I mean, our, t our schools are failing, or we're failing as a nation, we're failing, failing, failing. And then if you create the scenario that everybody's failing, then he can come in and he can fix that. So why would we give it up? I think sometimes it sounds the, the solution sounds good. Yeah. It's when you start to peel back the layers, and I think that's what Dr. Duke Pesta did today in his press conferences. Right. He peeled back those layers, and he, he kind of showed you where the problems have come from. It's, it's come from this slow erosion in local control. Yeah. You know, you are best to sit down with your teacher and say, this isn't working for my child. But now that we've, you know, now that we are centralizing education, that is going to fall on deaf ears because yeah. to change something in a classroom, uh, it, it, it can be benefit the kids. But if you have this, this government kind of bureaucracy in place, then there's no motivation for the mm -hmm. teacher to change anything. Then they, you know, they fear losing money, for instance, you know, funding if, if they make a change. There's so many factors that will prevent you from making any substantial improvements right. in your school as a parent yeah. that everything is now working against you. If you if you go upstairs and you would listen to Mark Tucker uh, and you listen to the panel, yeah. there were no parents. There were no teachers who, who are outspoken against this. They don't want that kind of information out there. Yeah. It's, it's, it, was, it was a controlled kind of atmosphere. Yeah. And no parents and no podcasters. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, podcasters need not apply. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But I mean, I wish he was here so I could, um, well, first of all, show him pictures of my kids yeah. and say, the, the school system's not broken for yeah. these kids, yeah. for these little duffers. Right. And, so, and the ones that are working, why are we not looking to them? Instead, he's going to the other side of the country. And you heard from Do Dr. Pesta yeah. about, you know, so go looking at these other countries. You're not getting a clear view. Why don't we look at the schools that are uh, that are performing well in New Hampshire. Yeah. Why don't we look to Massachusetts prior to Common Core? They were doing the best in the country uh, on their standardized test scores. So why don't we look at what's working within our own country and start to emulate that? Instead, we are now going to be, you know, oh, here, look over here, look over, you know, what's going on in Singapore or, or China. And yeah. you heard from Dr. Pesa where, uh, you know, he brings up the differences between the two countries and why, you know, looking to a different country for our, our leadership to guide us could be extremely misleading. Well, well, how, how come other parents haven't figured this out or other, other schools haven't figured this out? Whereas, um, uh, take me for example, or my kids. Okay, you're, you're a little nerd or a little dork and you love science fiction and all like that. And you love astronomy and stuff like that. We want you to learn how to read. Hey, here's a whole bunch of books. Have at it. Yeah. You take yeah. my kid, my oldest kid, who is um, um, hyper vigilant on learning and stuff like that. He loves mystical creatures. You like reading about mystical creatures? Here's a Kindle with all of these. And my son, uh, love him to pieces, super lazy. All he wants to do is watch how-to videos. <laughs> How come we're not, uh, you know, looking at these kids who yeah. are, I think, I believe, and I'm not biased, I would tell you if they were failing, they're growing by leaps and bounds. Yeah. The yeah. only thing that I see different here is that 
Yep. Um, we value education at home. Right. What? Right. What is? What's the major malfunction with these? Is it the parents that don't value education like a lot of us do, or? You know, I kind of think that uh, you know, look, just look at this has been around since 2010. In 2010, the the Board of Education adopted the Common Core standards. Nobody knew about it. No parents knew about it. The legislators didn't know about it. It was voted on by a appointed Board of Education. A few people showed up at that meeting, and boom, it was adopted. Uh, it, it, it's it, the way it was brought in, the way that it was uh, presented in yeah. New Hampshire was, you know, not through the democratic process, not through, uh, you know, educating the public on the good, the bad, and the ugly. It was about we're going to adopt these standards and not really even engage the public, not even talk to the parents. Not They've even educate. Yeah, not even educate. Not even educate. They've left them out completely, and so now five years, almost six years later. It's starting to unravel. It's unraveling across the country. And even when our kids are going to do well in our public schools, at some point, I suspect that you're going to hit a wall with your kids. You're going to hit a wall because they're going to, you know, the prescription is there. The prescription is in your public schools right now that, you know, we don't want them reading the science fiction. The focus is on informational texts. You know, the things that might bore your boys to death, uh, they're going to be forced to read because this is what the central planners want our kids to read. My son has already hit the wall. Yeah. He does not want to do the homework. He yes. will fight and scream. And it was just like, well, how come you don't want to do the homework? Well, last year when we were looking at the homework, my wife and I are no dummies, especially mm-hmm. my wife. I, she, her taste in men is a little questionable. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my wife is no dummy. Yeah. She's better at math than I am. Yeah. And she was looking at this common core creative math. Yeah. It's a disaster. She's a radiation medicine specialist yeah. working on um, uh, product development, yep. and she can't even do the math. Yes, yes. Now, that either says there's something really wrong about her or there's something really wrong about math. There's something really wrong about math. There's something really <laughs> wrong about the math. Yes, yes. And um, uh, I, I, have, I have a couple of degrees, and um, like I said, I'm a vivacious reader. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is that some of the things that they're asking the kids to extract yes. out of the text, yep. um, I, I, I couldn't It's find not math. It. It's, I'll be honest with you, it's not math. A lot of what they're asking for in math is not math. And you, and if you talk, you know, it's interesting that they always bring in these, these so-called experts, but they're not content experts. The Dr. Duke Pesta is a content expert oh, in, in English. Yeah. You know, if you talk to actual mathematicians, they hate the stuff, but the people who love it are, are normally not the content experts because they don't have to deal with little kids screaming, crying and saying, you know, I'm, I'm stupid. I can't do this because, um, you know, they don't understand that the bar has been set so high. On, on something like that, that they can't jump over the bar. And you know, what's interesting is, you know, I say that, that the bar has been set high, that they can't jump over the bar, because some of the, the math that, that they're supposed to do, they're literally, oftentimes, not developmentally ready for this stuff. But then, as you, what's interesting is, as you go through the Common Core math, it actually slows down the learning process. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because as you're trying to work through these convoluted kind of math uh, programs, uh, and you're wasting time on this non-mathematical stuff, you actually slow down the process. So, so they raise the bar so high when it comes to some things that the kids end up uh, frustrated, angry, hating math, 
oftentimes it just kicks them right at the math field because you know if you if you think you're not good at math at a young age and I'm a math tutor so I yeah. you know I, I, this is the subject I actually know pretty well um, if you if you set that up at a young age then a lot of times these kids begin to think this is not my future well it's not your future because they've set you up to fail at it yeah it's not because there's something wrong with you and and so uh, you know somebody especially a female who's actually good at math right it's it it kills me to see these kids in this situation um, because I I wonder how many of these kids could go maybe they're you know maybe they're not going to become a rocket science scientist but maybe they could go into some kind of math field right but it's being killed in the lower grades because of this nonsense and uh, you know just to give an example for instance you know they'll ask uh, you know ask a child to do a math concept to work a math concept so there is some computation involved but then they'll go on and say now explain that Um, now we're not talking about showing step by step we're actually asking a young child oftentimes who's just learning how to write right learning how to communicate to explain something and so now you've taken an objective question in mathematics and made it subjective so you can have students who are very well versed in in computation they may know their math facts but if they can't explain it then now they're going to start getting marked wrong so now you're taking a student who could actually excel and you're you're giving them um, this idea that something's wrong with them and you're holding them back and exactly, that's yeah. what common core does because it's not a logical progression of math computation a log- logical progression would involve learning arithmetic at the young grades yeah they're not they're asking these kids to think in abstract terms that is something that happens as their brain develops as they get older they're asking them to do things that are subjective and in this explanation i mean i have mathematicians who are saying this is not math. Why are you doing this? Yeah. What is the purpose of this? We don't even see the purpose. And these are college-level PhD mathematicians saying, this is not math. This is not necessary yeah. for a child to really understand math. Since you, are, you have a lunch date, yes. I, I want to, let's, let's just cut right to the bone here. What can you and I and other concerned parents and teachers do about this? Um, oh yeah, that's know, the ten million dollar question. Doctor Duke had a yeah. great but radical idea, but I want to know if you have a better one. Well, I think there's a number of things. Um, I think you have to fight it at the local level. You have to fight it at the state level. You have to fight it at the federal level. Uh, you know, federal level, they're they're looking at reauthorizing No Child Left Behind. That would cement it in Common Core. You want to make sure that your federal uh, legislators are not supporting the reauthorization of No Child Left Behind. Mm-hmm. You at the state level, I mean, you just have to have a governor who's gonna you know, who understands this issue, and they're really tough to find. Even the you know the governor candidates running for president, you know, I look at them and I think they really don't get this. Yeah. A lot of them don't get this. A lot of them implemented it. A lot of them facilitated it. Republican governors, so clearly they they don't understand the issue. So you need to make sure whoever runs for office understands the issue and that you are telling them this is not working. And it's not just about the standards. Yeah. It's the data collection. It's this workforce development model we want it all gone it, it needs to be cleansed and don't come in and fix it just get rid of it and exactly. return local control because see a lot of times these people think oh i need to fix this so let me come up with a new plan no 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 yeah. we want the plan gone we want it back into the schools you know is it going to work perfectly you know if your school is running itself it probably won't work perfectly yeah. but it's going to you know you have a better chance of making better changes if you're talking to the principal, the administration, and the parents. 
you know, all sitting down together. Absolutely. I think that this has just been an incredible seminar and I, I love the concept of people to like, like getting into in yeah. intense involvement into yeah. subjects that are really passionate about them. And for me, my passion is my wife, my kids, not the same way and their education. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah. And it was like to see people take time out of their day to come here to Concord right. and listen to such a learned man on the topic yeah. and yourself. Thank uh, you. What, one last thing. How can we get in touch with you and how can we learn more about what you're doing? Well, you can always get in touch with me through the, the Cornerstone website. It's nhcornerstone.org. So if you want to yeah. contact me through email, it's a Banfield, B-A-N-F-I-E-L-D, at nhcornerstone.org. Or you can just find me through the contact information there. All right. Thank you so much right. again. You're Thank welcome. you, Anne-Marie. I would like to thank Anne-Marie Banfield and Dr. Duke Pesta for being on our podcast. You can find more information about them on this show's unique page. Just go to thefloraconicles.com slash podcast and find the page for this show, number 53. Now that this podcast is in the can and out in public, I'd like to put out a public invitation once more to anybody in our listening audience who would like to come on the show and talk about what you have just heard. If you have anything you want to share with us, like your thoughts, pros and cons about Common Core, contact me via email, info at thefedorachronicles.com. You can also find us via Twitter and Facebook through the links on our webpage. Those are also great ways to contact us with any of your other thoughts and ideas about this podcast even if you want to be a guest on the podcast. Just get in touch. So with that said, here are our usual show closing announcements. The Fedora Chronicles radio show was brought to you through the great support of all of our listeners through a couple of different ways. You can keep this podcast alive by sending donations to our PayPal account, paypal.me slash fedorachronicles. You can also use this as a way of communicating with us and letting us know what you would like your ad to sound like and the specific copy you would like us to read. You can support us via Amazon. Click any of our shop at Amazon links and then shop the way you always do. Products will come right to your door. You save a ton of cash at no extra cost to you. We'll get an affiliate bonus just for pointing you in their direction. It's a trilogy of win for everybody. You can buy your own Fedora Chronicles radio show merchandise by going to zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. We have dozens of products already up with more on the way. We even take special requests. If you have an idea for our product, you can always contact us via Twitter, Facebook, or on the forum. You can subscribe to the Fedora Chronicles radio show via iTunes, either by clicking our link on our webpage or by searching for us there. Are also featured on Player FM and many other podcasting listening services. The music for this podcast can be found on our index page. Just go to thefedorachronicles.com slash podcast, choose the link to the specific show's individual page, and you will find all the information about the specific show there. It's also a great way to catch up on past shows. Once again, that web page you want to look for is thefedorachronicles.com slash podcast. Finally, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest, and then obviously the Electric Speakeasy Forum. Give us a shout via social media. We love hearing from you. So with that said, until next time, this is Eric Renderking Fisk signing off. Keep your chin up and your fedora on.